everyone and welcome back to the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Tim Thompson and I'm joined as always by MC. That would be me. And this is episode 24 of season 4 of Tomorrow Gason. Pressure, part two. Now, MC, before we get to your bit, mm. uh, two things we should cover first. Yeah. Firstly, uh, we've both been very ill with Corona. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if any of the voices seem changed slightly, we're less it's energetic. entirely because of that and not because of the lack of consistency in the voices, <laughs> which has never been a factor in this podcast. Well, what I mean is if there's less intensity in the voices, perhaps. Okay. Like if the one turned up again or something, sure. oh, or Evangelina. Oh, no. oh, no. I'm just oh, going to no. go in and write those characters back in. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's that. We are... But we're both on the mend, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and secondly, this is the last ever proper episode My God. of Tomorrow Jason. My God. We, for some reason, I wrote one more of Tomorrow Jason than I did of Chip, and this is going to be the end of that. This this is the final episode. This is the final this, episode. Well, I know we've got a couple the... more to go where we're going to go through the notes like we did mm. before, and then we'll go through the notes for what I wrote down for season two, and then we'll have a wrap-up episode. But okay. in terms of the structure we've had for years and years now... My God, my life has no meaning now. <laughs> I feel like if this is the only thing giving your life meaning, then you never had any meaning. <laughs> but with that said, MC, what happened last time? Well, um, so MC was on the way to convenient uh, exposition um, plot point thing of some demons who just happen to have some magic blood that heals people. The soil caps. Yeah, that's yes. the one. Um, and uh, Jay was uh, swanning it up in a fancy new apartment uh, that he bought with the millions of pounds that suddenly appeared in his bank account. I believe it was really... thousands of pounds. Thousands, okay. <laughs> Still buys a flat in central London though. Um, and uh, so the, the, the source of Jay's new <gasps> relative fortune appears and it is Jay's dad. Oh my god, all the way back from season one. It's not very nice, guys. No. He's, no. he's a bad man. He is a bad man. And he's trying, I think he's trying to, well, we think he's trying to woo Jay back into being his son. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Jay, don't do it. I know. Ugh. So will Jay resist the dark side? We, I don't know if it's a result in this one or possibly in one of the episodes <laughs> that wasn't written. Meanwhile, MC and Terry off to see the, the, the soil caps and they encounter a robbery from a <laughs> factory by a demon who is stealing a chimney <laughs> well, or a lead <laughs> furnace or it was a lead some... furnace but we what i think is yeah. that he was holding on to a lead furnace because which... all buildings in central london <laughs> have a lead furnace attached like, to the side you still can't get over that it's so dumb <laughs> um so yes mc uh it was he was a bit he was a bit cocky, wasn't he? Mm, a little bit. Well, he's eager, isn't he? He wants mm. to get to the soil caps to help Louise. But instead, he got fucked up yeah. by this demon and stabbed. Mm. So last we see of MC is him being rushed into hospital. And apparently his ninja healing hasn't kicked in yet because he is struggling. He is indeed. Yeah, and now we've got Gav and Terry having a little team up to go and get the blood for the soil caps, yeah. which I guess might help MC and Louise Hopefully, now. hopefully. Well, let's find out, MC, as we get into the last episode of Tomorrow Gason. It's Pressure, part two. Previously on Tomorrow Gason. All of a sudden, there was a louder, deliberate knock at the door. Jay shut off his music and went to answer the door. What can I do? The huge grin, which seemed to be permanently attached to Jay's face, fell quicker than video footage of a speeding train being fast-forwarded. Hello, son. Jay's dad said, <gasps> with a different sort of grin. Yes, Gav. MC spoke on the telephone on the check-in desk at the Tokyo Memorial Bed and Breakfast. Terry will be here soon, and then we're going to go looking for these demons that carry a cure. You hear that? Gav said, returning to his seat beside Louise's hospital bed. MC and Terry are off to get that cure! 
So, you'll be home, and we can go back to the way things were. I realize this must be a shock to you, Jay. And you have every right to slam this door on my face. Only, I paid for this door. Brian smiled. You, what? Never were the sharpest knife in the drawer, were you, Jay? Had any windfalls lately? Say, thousands of pounds put into your account? The money, that was from you. It was a gesture, a token of father's love. Jay, I want you to be my son again. The large factory beside the road MC and Terry were walking down just had a window broken from the inside as a chair was thrown through it. A robbery? The pub landlord said as he glanced back and noticed a monster climbing out of the window holding a big lead furnace. He pulled MC around and then before he could do anything about it, buried the pointy end of MC's own sword into the ninja's gut. Throwing MC onto the empty road, the demon turned on his heels and left a bleeding MC. Darkness began to fall over MC's eyes, and he lost consciousness. Terry! Gav said, but the landlord replied before he was even asked the question. Nah, son, we didn't get the cure. Gav turned and paced the room a little, obviously immensely disappointed. We need that! Oh no, Gav, but what can we do? MC's life hangs in the balance. He isn't the only one. There might not be anything we can do for him, but we can help Louise. That's a bit cold, isn't it? Terry shot Gav a look. I'm sorry, but it's true. MC has got strength on his side. I know he'll pull through. Lou has been in his bed for weeks now, and the one opportunity we get to help her pull through, and we get thrown off by some unknown and irrelevant factor. The thought that MC might be dying in a different ward in the hospital didn't enter Gav's mind. Brian sat in one of Jay's leather armchairs in his brand new apartment, wearing a very casual smile. What's a casual smile? It's it's not like a beaming smile. It's like a sort of imagine you got your arms folded and you're like leaning in a doorway wearing a leather jacket <laughs> and sunglasses. But he sat in a leather chair. It's close enough. So long as leather is involved That's in some way. Your famous catchphrase. <laughs> Jay stood on the opposite side of the room, arms crossed and held tightly across his chest. Is he also smiling casually or is, no, no, because there's his, no leather. His arms and they're crossed tightly. It's not like a, ah. a casual cross it's like a tense cross i see i'm learning yeah he's maybe wearing some other fabric <laughs> wool maybe maybe like polyester cotton mix <laughs> but he's not gab so he's definitely wearing clothes <laughs> jay stood on the opposite side of the room arms crossed and held tightly across his chest his father scanned the room and commented <laughs> <laughs> that's a preemptive cough just leave that in just so the audience understands how much we suffer <laughs> for our art. Yeah, that's one word for it. This is a very squish place. Why are you here? Jay suddenly blurted out, sounded more fearful than assertive. Like I said, you see my son. <laughs> Wait, has Jay's dad turned up so Jay can see his son? He's, he's got a mirror with him. <laughs> Maybe he's cloned Jay. <laughs> the last time you saw your son... You had a gun to his hand. <laughs> You'll never play the piano again, Jay. This is your wanking hand. Oh, no. <laughs> the last time you saw your son, you had a gun to his hand and told him how you had had the mafia kidnap me and Louise in an attempt to lure MC and Chip into a trap. Boy, yeah, that is a, that's a nice recap there from Jay. Thank you. <laughs> All fathers make mistakes, Jay. <laughs> 
well, you know, I mean, you made mistakes, I made mistakes, water under the bridge, it was a long time ago, we've all changed since then, you can't live in the past. <laughs> you said some things you didn't mean, I held a gun to your hand. You tried to kill me. You always did see the negative side to everything. Gaslighting, motherfucker. Jesus Christ, yeah. Oh, God. I like to think uh, Brian's going to do some sort of apology video after this. <laughs> like a really insincere one. Yeah, not actually apologise like for anything. Like one of those corporate apology yeah. ones. I have found God and I'm going to therapy and <laughs> that's why I did all the rape. All I can do is apologise. <laughs> not actually say I'm sorry you mean it, just say yeah. that I apologise. Not say sorry for what I did. I apologise if anyone felt offence <laughs> over me possibly holding a gun, maybe in someone's direction. Jay threw his arms up and air in frustration. <laughs> threw his arms in and air. Jay threw his arms in and air in frustration. He's throwing air. In frustration. Yeah. He just like picked up all the air. He was like... <laughs> well, he's a new apartment. He doesn't want to throw a chair or anything like That's that, true. you see, so... Please tell me why I'm not throwing you out on your bloody ass. He yelled. Because I paid for this entire place, Jay. I have every right to be here. And I want you to hear what I have to say because any attempt at physical violence on your part wouldn't be like last time when you pistol whipped me with my own gun. You don't have ninja backup this time. Oh, so now Brian's turning it around on Jay when he's like, well, you pistol whipped me with your, with your gun. I don't know why with, you did with that. With my gun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if Brian is trying to win Jay over, I feel like being like, well, you threaten me, then I'll fucking beat you this time because you haven't got a ninja with you. It's not the best way It's almost like that. he's an absolute psychopath. Yeah. <sighs> Jay folded his arms again and said, just say what you need to say. The reason I saw you as a disappointment, Jay, was simple. You lack the family business credentials. You were always too busy going to rock concerts and going out with your rich friends. You were in danger of being a nobody and I had to cut you loose. Okay, maybe I could have done it in a less murderous way. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the thing I, every son wants to hear. Maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> okay, maybe I could have done it in a less murderous way. But the point is, when you lost your money and started to work with those people, you achieved remarkable things. Astonishing for someone of your age. He really is a gaslighting motherfucker, isn't he? Yeah. He's like, look, I had to do this to see you grow as a person. It's not like we could sit down and talk about it. No, we're <laughs> men. We can't do that. We're rich businessmen who, if we don't have naturally business credentials and actually like rock music and going out and doing things with the money we have, then obviously we need to cut you loose and never talk to you and try and murder your hand. Well, now you've done some of the known crimes. <laughs> you've been keeping tabs on me all these years. You're my son, no matter what I thought of you. And you became one of the family these past few years, living without the money, making something of yourself, becoming a superhero, if you like. What's uncomfortable about this is obviously Brian is a massive cunt. Yeah. But also, he's the only one that's really acknowledged yeah. how much Jay has done for the yeah. gang. And what just, you know, because we've said before, he's the only one that's never had superpowers or anything like that. Yeah. But he's still been there helping to save the world. Always up for a scrap. <laughs> Evil father is the only one that's acknowledged that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I didn't exactly do a lot of the fighting. Jay hung his head. But you helped, and you survived, and you built yourself a new life with new people. Those people are my family. 
The reason I'm the man I am today is because of them. I've seen so much with them. Okay. <laughs> Yet, where are they now? Brian's question left Jay without an answer. The very people he had been trying to defend were the ones that had blamed him for Louise's condition. Louise! Jay suddenly thought. Since his father had transferred that money into his account, he hadn't given a second's thought to how she might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jay's a bad guy here. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's nice all the characters have got flaws, isn't it? <laughs> it makes them real. They've abandoned you, Jay. Turned their back on you when you needed them most of all. Brian continued. How do you know about all that? I know more than you might think, Jay. I've got exceptional sources. They threw you out on your rear end, with nowhere to go, and not one of them is thinking, I wonder how Jay is doing. You've been excluded, Jay. Tossed aside. Forgotten. Enough! Fine. But I want you to know, everything does happen for a reason, son. We all play our parts in the bigger picture, whatever that might be, no matter how significant or how major. Things change. People change. The world changes. The smile on Brian's face had disappeared. He was standing and almost appeared to be preaching. Now it's your turn to change, Jay, into the man you were meant to become. And it doesn't involve a bunch of supernatural detectives. Then what does it involve? Jay asked. I like how he says everything happens for a reason. Do you think he's also got like live, laugh, love, <laughs> laugh or whatever the fuck it is? Yeah, well, I do I now. Just, I just think that everything happens for a reason, you know. But do you think it's like, like you know when Gary left me <laughs> and you got my sister pregnant? Is it going to be live, laugh, all known crime? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's Brian's not even being subtle about what he's trying to do here. No. It's like I'm still a shit cunt, but uh, you know what else are you going to do, Jay? Live on the streets? No, I don't think so. I mean, is. I guess the angle he's going for is that, you know, his Jay's friends have left him, but he's done great things and it's time for him to sort of move on, be his own person, start up his own thing and just sort of conveniently glossing over the whole evil part. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's, yeah, he's not out saying to Jay, hey, come work for my evil organisation again. He's offering him a sense of purpose. Yeah, and he's doing that at a time when Jay's, Jay's very most vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah. And he's like a cult, you know, he's just yeah. picking on those sort of people and it's, it's really sad because yeah. Jay's had a really rough go of it. <laughs> How do we get in? Terry asked as he and Gav stood outside the gates of the rubbish yard. As well as the large gate in front of them, there was also a steel chain-link fence that stood in the region of nine foot high, complete with a barbed wire coating on top. A barbed wire coating like they painted on a load of barbs. <laughs> Terry and Gav had left the hospital soon after speaking and had made their way to the dump in Tutin, searching for the soil-capped demons that could hold the key to Louise's survival. Terry didn't like leaving the hospital while MC's condition worsened any more than Gavlite's leaving Louise by herself. But they both understood what was at stake. And as Gav had put it, what would MC have done? We could try climbing, Gav suggested. If you want to be sweaty to bits, Terry replied. Before they had time to think of another cunning plan, the fence was suddenly torn apart as the huge demon MC and <sighs> Terry had met earlier in the night crashed through. Oh no. Oh no. I feel like this is going to so go bad. Everyone's just going to get stabbed by it, <laughs> one by one. It's going to come down to Amy, isn't it, who has to get the blood. He was carrying the lead furnace. No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Oh, this doesn't even help.
got my reasoning for it that he was just holding onto one on the side of a factory. But why would there be a... F- this... This, <laughs> this makes more sense because you wouldn't have a furnace i feel like carrying a lead furnace makes more sense than somebody just put bolting a lead furnace onto the side of the building <laughs> why does he need to steal a lead furnace why is the furnace made of lead <laughs> it's like literally the worst metal you could have oh no oh, at least it's the final episode we got to before it broke us completely <laughs> episode 26 the lead <laughs> furnace part one of six his own spin-off. <laughs> he was carrying the lead furnace he had stolen earlier in one of his giant hands and two average-sized dead demons in the other. I feel like this is the first time a demon has ever been described as average size. <laughs> but it's only compared to the huge lead furnace demon. <laughs> the blood of the soil caps trickled down onto the pavement as the huge demon casually strolled out of the rubbish dump. Gav, realising that the bodies belonged to the demons he himself needed to cure his girlfriend, rushed forwards, letting out a mighty war cry. What's a mighty war cry? Coming from Gav as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm making it up 15! That would be quite terrifying. Yeah, it would be, yeah. That's probably how our neighbours feel right now. He leapt into the air and went into a flying kick, connecting with the demon's chest and bouncing straight off like a tennis ball on a brick wall. Yeah, I felt like if MC, with his ninja abilities, struggled with this demon, as much as a good fighter as Gab mm. is... But Gab seems mm. so fixated on getting these uh, demon yeah. blood to help his girlfriend. I mean, are there other demons around, though? Like When there's dead ones. Yeah, but like, can they just go in and kill other demons that are there? <laughs> there's like, like a queue outside. <laughs> The demon dropped the objects he was carrying and reached down and yanked Gav up by the throat. You will not stop me, the demon growled. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's, they're going to. He's collecting all the lead furnaces <laughs> in, in the world. There's literally one. Uh, he's got a weird shopping list, doesn't he, this demon? <laughs> lead furnace, uh, we'll get the blood of the soil capped, and I must pop to boots. <laughs> The doctors rushed around the hospital operating table, shouting instructions at the nurses for special types of medication and instruments that they would need to save the man's life. Get the ninja morphine. (laughs) Ninja morphine. (laughs) The life that hung in the balance belonged to MC. He lay on the table with tubes. Oh, more tubes. Great, we're back to the medical tubes. (laughs) He lay on the table with tubes down his throat, drips in his arms and a massive gaping wound in his stomach. His face was bruised and his eyes closed. His shirt had been cut off by the doctors so they could work in fixing the amount of blood the ninja had lost. A machine next to the bed kept a check on MC's heartbeat, beeping once in a while to let the doctors know the patient was still fighting. If a heart monitor beats once in a while, I feel like that's bad. Because it measures <laughs> uh, every the heartbeat, five minutes, right? Every yeah. five minutes is fine. Boop. Boop. Yeah, get some more tubes in him. Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> Suddenly, the machine started to beep a lot more rapidly. He's crashing, one of the doctors declared. (laughs) Me and my medical knowledge. (laughs) You watched ER once. (laughs) Hey, it's very sad the episode Mark Green dies. Was that his name? Or was it just Dr. Green? I think... Was Mark Green and take that, or is that Mark Orange? (laughs) Where are we right now? (laughs) Uh, Finally, the ER take that crossover podcast you've all been waiting for. These 90s references... (laughs) 
Knowing what to do instantly, after years of training, the nurses rallied around and set up the machine that set a controlled amount of electromagnetic volts into a human body to shock a heartbeat back into life. Cool. I mean, I don't feel like that's completely incorrect. I mean, sure. Yeah. I like how the nurses have to have years of training, not like one year. <laughs> like a ninja. <laughs> Are they going to use their nurse senses? <laughs> And then nurse speed. <laughs> Does that mean on a Thursday we have to clap for ninjas? <laughs> yeah, but you do it silently. <laughs> nice. One of the doctors rubbed the two shockers together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You're doing so well. You're so convincing with all this medical knowledge. That's when I turned the ER off and started listening to take that. One of the doctors rubbed the two shockers together and said the predicted clear before laying the two cold pieces of metal onto MC's chest. The force of the shock shook MC up and then back down to the table. Like, how high are we talking here? Like, The doctor quickly glanced at the machine and saw nothing had happened. He charged up the machine again to highly the dosage of electricity. <laughs> to highly the dosage of electricity. Quick, doctor, get the, sh- the shockers. <laughs> how much electromagnetic volts should I have? <laughs> Charge it up highly. We need... <laughs> A highly dosage. ER will return in a moment. <laughs> Everything changes but you, babe. Wasn't that a Take That song? Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I think <laughs> you were trying to do the theme tune to ER. And I was like, wait. What's the theme tune? <laughs> Mark Green and Orange were singing. <laughs> yeah, so MC in a bit of trouble, maybe. A little bit. Yeah, Blimey's fighting for his life. Also, uh, I mean, don't, is it a thing that doctors start with chest compressions before they move on to the shockers? I'd, I mean, these guys have had years of training. That's it, it's and true. Yeah. Crashing. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got to strip t- skip straight to the highly dosage of electromagnetic <laughs> magnetic volts. The Tokyo Memorial, oh, bed and breakfast. I'm, I'm glad I got to say it one more time at least, you know. <laughs> the Tokyo Memorial bed and breakfast was currently home to a number of guests, one of who was Mr. Hicks, a tourist from the States who was over in this country for a few weeks on business. He was an average-sized man with a medium build and unassuming haircut. And what can I get you today, sir? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking like an unassuming haircut. What is an unassuming haircut? What know. is a haircut that assumes? <laughs> oh, it's judging you. <laughs> uh, no, that's like the Karen haircut. <laughs> yes. The, can I speak yes. to the manager haircut? He had a bored wife and two teenage children, one of which excelled in sport, the other in academics. Having stayed at some of the top London hotels in his time, all of which had been paid for by the computer software company Mr Hicks worked for, he had decided he wanted to try something a little different and had checked into the B&B a short time after arriving in England a few days ago. I guess if you were looking for something different, (laughs) the Tokyo (laughs) Memorial Bed and Breakfast would probably be number one on the list. Oh, this B&B gets attacked once a week. Yeah, maybe I'll go stay there. (laughs) Haunted? (laughs) There's a bunch of dead bodies in the furnace. <laughs> yeah, wasn't there like 50 years worth of murder that took place there at some point? Now he walked to the hall searching for the slightly odd staff. One word for it. <laughs> with a burning question he needed answering. The living area was empty, apart from an elderly gentleman snoozing in the corner with an open newspaper across his lap. The reception area was also dark and empty. Hello! Mr Hicks called out gently in his American accent. He had spoke to the gentleman who ran the B&B a few hours ago, and now he was nowhere to be seen. But last week, MC, Mm. we did say that MC had let them know that he was out for the evening. 
Mm. And all the guests were taken care of. So maybe... Maybe it's getting late, though. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And you know what Americans are like with customer service I as know, well? I know, fucking yeah. yanks, Jesus. Oh, he has got an assuming haircut. <laughs> he had spoke to the gentleman who ran the B&B a few hours ago, and now he was nowhere to be seen. Mr. Hicks made his way up the stairs, knowing the staff stayed on the fifth floor. Surely that should be out of bounds for the uh, the. He's got guests. a burning question. He's a brash American, <laughs> barging his way, probably jumps the queue at the train station. Hey, where's the nearest McDonald's? <laughs> I'm sorry to all of American listeners. Once he reached his destination, Mr. Hicks once again called out timidly, Hello, Mr. Doomer! Deciding his search for the staff was proven futile, and not wanting to disturb people by knocking on doors, Mr. Hicks said out loud to himself, No worries, I'll get a pizza delivery company off you tomorrow. He's going to get a pizza delivery company. (laughs) 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 That's his job at the computer software firm, is to buy pizza companies that they turn into places that make computers. (laughs) Is it? He demands compensation, so he needs MC for not... Getting a question answered, so he's like, "Well, in America, <laughs> as compensation, I'm going to sue you for a, a pizza delivery company." If your question isn't answered within 50 minutes, your we'll question is you free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as he turned to leave the fifth floor, the sounds of laughter could be heard. This wasn't the sort of laughter that would warm the hearts of young children. <laughs> what laugh is that? <laughs> No, 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 no. Not well. It's it wouldn't like, be from someone with an unassuming haircut. <laughs> Is it like when uh, Mary Poppins hears a really dirty joke? <laughs> this wasn't the sort of laughter that would warm the hearts of young children. It was sick and evil and completely vicious. Mr. Hicks stumbled around the hallway, becoming instantly frightened. Oh, who's there? He called out. My new friend. The voice belonging to the ghostly essence of Mrs. Lansbury sniped. Say goodbye to life. <laughs> that's what that's what the doctors say. If, <laughs> if even after they've charged the pad, the shockers up highly with electromagnetic volts, and you still don't make it, and you know they're on the deathbed, and <laughs> say to the grieving family, "Look, I'm sorry, but it's time for him to say goodbye to life." <laughs> That would be the worst, like, grieving card to send a widow or something, wouldn't it? (laughs) I'm sorry that your husband (laughs) said goodbye to life. Mr. Hicks tried to hurry away, but before he could exit the fifth floor, a rush of dark light consumed him and his screams, making them unheard to everyone else, the vicinity. Is it kind of... Okay, so this is the second person that has been uh, possessed by an evil ghost. Yes. At some point... Mm -hmm. Isn't it a bit irresponsible to continue this business? <laughs> like, I mean, but they don't can, know. You can give them a free breakfast. They don't know Roots was possessed. Oh, okay. They, they just thought he was some evil twat. Right. Uh, okay, they didn't okay, know okay. he was possessed. And uh, apart from Amy, none of the gang know that Mrs. Lansbury's around. So it's Amy's fault. <laughs> yes. Even though she has banished Mrs. Lansbury no, twice. It's Amy's fault. <laughs> now you're speaking like MC. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this is a bit weird. As to, I mean, I don't know if she's killing Mr. Hicks or if she's going to possess him. Did Roots died, right? But did he get killed by someone? He like, got killed by MC, I think. Or like... What, did he get his neck snout? Something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. He's dead, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, In the furnace. <laughs> the lead furnace. <laughs> <laughs> no, it got stolen. <laughs> 
So uh, I yeah, I don't really know what Lissis Lansbury's doing here. She's just killing again because that's what she did for so long. But it's it's the entity, isn't it? So we don't really know the end game of this. Yeah, thing. I mean, last time she possessed Roots, so I wonder if she's doing that again and having another a go at the murder. Maybe. Oh, maybe she's going after Amy. Yeah, maybe she can't do it in a ghostly form. Mm. So she has to like physically strangle a baby. That'd be an interesting way to leave off the last episode, wouldn't it? <laughs> MC's like, yes! <laughs> Happy ending! <laughs> Heaving the mass that was Gav's body into the chain link fence like it was a child's toy. He is the- a child. <laughs> <laughs> also, am I saying Gav's fat here as well? The heaving mass of He's Gav. A fat naked 15 year old. <laughs> Heaving the mass that was Gav's body into the chain link fence like it was a child's toy, the demon went to pick up his possessions and continue on. As he bent over, Gav replied instantly by kicking him in the face, forcing the demon to return to its upright posture. You dare challenge the mites of Granak? the demon said. Granak sounds like a disappointing biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> It sort of it lasted about like three years and then it just got discontinued. But it's always ones that old people have in tins and in the back of their cupboards. <laughs> it's like fifteen years old. Like yeah. <laughs> Bloody right we do, mate. Terry leapt onto the back of Granite. Classic Buffy thing. Yes. He's doing yes. Xander. Oh I feel like we haven't really done that much either in no. the series, so it's nice that we actually include that. Gav used this minor distraction by making a play for the bodies of the soil-capped demons, but Granak was again unfazed by the attempts to thwart his mission. With Terry on his back, Granak still moved quickly, bumping Gav away from the soil-capped bodies and then spinning around, causing the grip Terry had on his neck to break and for him to fall to the floor. Terry winced in pain. Not winched. Oh! Ah, win- Ooh. Finally learned how to spell it. <laughs> Last episode. <laughs> Terry winced in pain and realised Granak was about to follow up his attack when Gav arrived in the nick of time, armed with a loose brick he had found on the floor. See, if this was the one, that would be really effective. <laughs> well, he's heard tales from MC and Louise about how to defeat the one. He sort of he thought it would work as well. But what he actually needs is like a breeze block or a, a roof tile. Or a lead furnace. <laughs> He smashed the demon on the head several times with the brick until it was reduced to dust. Granak proved his head was still in great condition by head-butted Gav in the face, causing blood to spew from his nose. Granak seized Gav by the scruff of his clothing and hoisted him high into the air. I mean, Gav's doing better than MC so far. Yeah. Yeah. I come from a much powerful world than this mortal. What? I come from, it's meant to be a much more powerful world than this, mortal. Oh, but I'm not, I don't have the comma. Yeah. Okay, cool. I come from a much powerful world than this, mortal. Your efforts to let this dark magic continue will fail, as will your mind. Granak put his free hand over Gav's head. Say goodbye to life. <laughs> also, your efforts to let this dark magic continue will fail, yeah. as will your mind. So what? there's some sort of... Dark magic, y- yeah, in this world, powered by lead furnaces <laughs> and soil cat demons, uh-huh. and Granak is here to put a stop to it. And as and Gav's mind will also fail. I I don't know if he means he's just going to kill him or if he's going to like magic his brain. I don't know. But is Granak a good guy then? I'm wondering. Ooh. I'm wondering. 
throwing lefts and rights in desperation to save his life, Gav was beginning to get very tired, and yet the demon continued just to stay into his eyes. I guess he means stare. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope so. I hope Grant like, hasn't got into Gav's eyes. <laughs> he was just about to give up, and when he heard Terry muttered an un-English word behind him... This is the most gammon <laughs> phrase I have ever heard. <laughs> Like you go you go on holiday to Magaluf and then you're like, Yeah, they're all fucking speaking un English over there. Don't do fish or chips or nothing. The demon's grip was broken as the magic blast Terry had just sent its way shook him a little. The pub landlord. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. This is so fucking stupid. Have you only just realized <laughs> just you get those occasional moments of clarity. <laughs> Just because he's a pub landlord, part-time <laughs> wizard, you feel the need to criticise <laughs> Fighting the demon named after a disappointing biscuit from the 90s who <laughs> compulsively steals lead furnaces. Yeah, it's not great, is it? <laughs> the demon's grip was broken as the magic blast Terry had just sent its way shook him a little. The pub landlord rushed over to Gab and helped him to his feet. Get the blood! Terry shouted. I'll cause a distraction! Both Gav and Terry were suddenly thrust forward, hitting the concrete hard as Granak moved swiftly again. What do you require of the unclean's blood? The demon demanded to know. Your damage is already done. My world, or the lead furnaces, <laughs> gone! <laughs> Maybe the soil cap's blood brings back lead furnaces as well. <laughs> we want to save a life! Gav proceeded to say, getting to his feet. A friend of ours! She was infected with a mystical disease! These demons' blood holds the key to the cure! Terry decided to remain on the ground until the pain disappeared. We're not letting you leave for those bodies! A beaten and bloody Gav added. Granick seemed to think for a few minutes before saying, You are associated with the victim! Gav dropped his attacking stance and exchanged a quizzical look with Terry. Oh, it must be to do with Louise. Uh, Granak's here to help her? Maybe the the cursed uh, has some sort of negative effect on uh, Granak's world. Maybe Granak is related to the wizard that made the armour of fern or something. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Oh, no, have it's going to be had... one of those things where we say something cool and it's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> have we had good demons in this? Or... Yes. <laughs> there was bites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he only went good after Chip threatened him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we must have had good demons. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, what about the ones in Chip uh, that were, uh, they could turn invisible or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were. The Oliver Twist Yeah, demons. they were yeah. probably good. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. yeah. <laughs> the Doctor has shot MC four times now and still no reaction. He was just about to call the time of death. The <laughs> goodbye to lifetime. <laughs> He was just about to call the goodbye to lifetime when the life support machine started to bleep normally once again. It's stabilising, a nurse said. BP and pulse is good. All stats returning to normal. Assuming that the nurse was female. Very sexist. <laughs> it's this. Of course the nurse was female, all right? And hot. <laughs> it was one of those like porn star yeah. nurse uniforms. <laughs> The doctor put down the machine he was holding and walked around to the other side of MC, inspecting the wound that had nearly caused the ninja to die. 
Thankfully for MC, his ninja strength hey. came with a bonus of quick healing. Ninja healing. Yeah, it's, it's just ninja healing, isn't it? It's yeah. not his ninja strength. This is ninja healing. The lore, MC. <laughs> the internal bleeding. It stopped. There's nothing coming out. A bit sexist, assuming the doctor's male. <laughs> the doctor checked inside of MC's stomach and inspected the damage. Inner lining has reattached. <laughs> the inner lining of his stomach. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you heal quickly, like Wolverine heals pretty much instantly, right? Yeah. But I don't think that's the ninja healing. I think they've just got an overpowered sense of healing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was literally dying, and then it's just like, whoop, and it's fine again. <laughs> yeah, sure has. Reattached? A different nurse asked. Is that possible? It sounds sounds remarkably bit... like the first one. It sounds, it sounds a bit like Tails. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, now we're picturing Tails in a nurse's uniform oh, being yeah. all sexy. I'm going to need a bit. <laughs> Not by itself, no. The doctor informed her. Ooh. Mm. MC hasn't died, yay. 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 The violence and damage had now ceased outside of the rubbish dump. It is stupid, isn't it? This is really dumb. <sighs> <laughs> The violence and damage had now ceased outside of the rubbish dump, much to the delight of Gav and Terry, as Granik, the demon they had encountered, was now explaining his story. I am from a dimension that is startling different from this one. I had to learn much of this world before entering it for my mission. And I named myself after a biscuit. <laughs> it's the first thing he saw when he came through. <laughs> it's just, had a PowerPoint. <laughs> it were biscuits, lead furnaces, that's about it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it would have been better if he called himself Lead Furnace and was stealing biscuits. <laughs> I think it would have. <laughs> what mission? Terry asked. You mentioned a victim. What you humans call a girl poisoned by a plague, utterly known to this existence, but relatively common where I come from. You're saying this infection, Louise, has? It came out of your world? How? It was stolen. The land I hail from, his, a land of gods. All mortal men would perish there. Only an outside managed to penetrate our atmosphere, undetected at first. Like in a spaceship. <laughs> no, he just appeared. But he's penetrating their atmosphere. It kind of suggests the spaceship. Who fucking knows at this yeah, point? That's right. Probably came down in a lead furnace. <laughs> Only... And outside managed to penetrate our atmosphere, undetected at first. Steal this disease, and somehow bring it back to this world with the intentions of using it. Once our leaders discovered what had happened and why, I was sent here to wrong that right. Do you mean... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Is here to, like, <laughs> destroy a bunch of charity work or something. <laughs> Just to spread the disease more. Although we don't care a great deal for other worlds and their suffering, we are a breed full of pride. We would not allow someone to use our world to destroy another. Cool. Yeah, all right, fair enough, yeah. It sort of vaguely makes sense by the standards of this. Yeah, why not? I mean, they're here to wrong the rights, but whatever. <laughs> That's why you attacked the soil cat demons and stole that furnace. You were going to perform the same spell as us. Where did the... <laughs> Terry failed to mention they would need a lead furnace. I guess we, there must be a thing we have to heat it up. Yeah, I guess. Blood. But it has to be in a lead furnace. And a furnace? Why? 
How yeah. hot do you have to make the blood? You can't just do it in a, a pan or something. Like, what is this? Gas Mark 6. <laughs> That's why you attacked the soil cat demons and stole that furnace. You were going to perform the same spell as us. Terry realised. It would appear that way. But who took this disease from your home and brought it here? We do not know. He was too knowledgeable, even for my people to discover. That Grant Maloney. Yay! Could Jay have known? Gav asked Terry. It was Jay's fault. <laughs> Kick him out. Oh, wait. <laughs> I don't know, mate. I don't really know that boy that well to say if he'd be capable of such a thing. Are they really fucking suggesting that Jay got an extra dimensional spaceship, <laughs> went to a world of gods where no mortal man can survive, stole a disease from these incredibly powerful demons, brought it back, poisoned Louise with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like maybe that's not really fair. No, they're, they're definitely jumping to a few conclusions like, here. Well, we know it was Jay, Yeah. so let's work backwards <laughs> from that. There's no question about where he got the armour from. Yeah. You know, like, they're just like, oh, it was definitely Jay. Yeah. It, was, it was Jay. Oh my God, I can't believe Jay did this. <laughs> He didn't go to New York. He went to this other dimension in a spaceship. Uh, I don't know, mate. I don't really know the boy that well to say if he'd be capable of something or such a thing. This all came about after he got back from New York. With the amulet for Amy. Terry continued. Well, after look into the fact someone might have it in for our very own angel. But for now, let's get back to the hospital. Check on MC and perform the cleansing. Granach finished. Finally, some good news. Gav smiled for the first time in what seems like a lifetime. Are they going to take Granick into the hospital <laughs> with them? With the big lead furnace? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> sure, why not? Also, I wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's going to be a thing where the cleansing is like fatal for the person. Oh, so you think they're going to kill Louise? I wonder if there's going to find out that, you know, the, the, the ceremony, the cleansing or whatever will be fatal. Because he referred to it as a plague and a disease, sort of suggesting Ooh. that it's infectious. So maybe to, you know, the, the, the cure kills, but it stops the disease from spreading any further. But does it definitely... I mean, I'm not going to suggest you've lived in a pandemic for too long. <laughs> but, uh, does, I mean, does this spread this disease? It doesn't seem to have done so far. I know, that's what I was wondering, but he did refer to it as a plague. But there's so a good chance wonder. I just didn't know what a plague meant. Yes, that's a very good that point. Is a, that is a possibility as well, right? True, I mean, true, the true. most likely option. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this body was a little different to the one she had inhabited previously. Not only in age, gender and physical presence, but also in the way it felt. Her previous existence had been full of pain and suffering, most of which she had been responsible for. Now, as Mrs Lansbury walked down the hallway of the Tokyo Memorial Bed and Breakfast... The B&B she had once owned and run herself, whilst leading a double life as a multi-murderer, she couldn't help smile in the body of Mr. Hicks, American businessman. That's what it says on his business card. (laughs) When he's off to buy a pizza delivery company, he hands them the biggest business card. Mr. Hicks, American businessman, brackets, unassuming haircut. Fuck me, that was a long sentence. I, I've honestly lost track. Was Mrs. Lansbury just a regular murderer, or is that because she got possessed by the evil ghost thing? Yes. Cool. Uh, uh, I think she was probably possessed, yeah. and then the entity ran a B&B, 
so it could kill people. Makes sense. And it took them like 30 years to work that out because she's really... No, nobody's worked it out yet. No, that's true. So yeah, 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 fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, if you were a mass murdering ghost, you'd you'd be like, yeah, this is a gold mine. No one ever works it out. Everyone's really incompetent. Needs a new name, though. Something snappier. (laughs) Running large hands down the wall of the hallway, the feeling of the plaster on her corporal form. Hey, caporal. Caporal, yes. We've had caporal before. We've had caporal before. (laughs) Wait. Running large hands down the wall of the hallway, the feeling of the plaster on her cap oral form made her laugh more manic. Mrs. Lansbury became more psychotic, starting to rub her entire new body against the wall, <laughs> continuing to screech. It's so hilarious. That mental image of somebody, this businessman with his unassuming haircut, rubbing his entire body against the wall like a cat while screeching. <laughs> I really hope another guest comes out and just like, oh. <laughs> Years of being a killer had a major adverse effect on Mrs. Lansbury's sanity. Really? But mixed with her stint as a ghostly apparition and the supernatural power she had gained and learned, any sense of reason or understanding was long gone. So what I'm wondering now is if we've just kind of forgotten a thing. So... Do you think it's actually the case that Mrs. Lansbury was a normal human mm. who loved loved a murder yeah. and murdered loads, and it just happened that there was an entity in the house as well, and the entity is gone, but the ghost of Mrs. Lansbury, the human, is still around, and she's still insane? I think I think it's going to be that like she was a regular old sweet old lady, and then this evil entity kind of like turned to evil, twisted right, her. You okay. know, it's sort of like one of those evil presences in a house that turns yeah, to people yeah. like uh the shining or whatever okay yeah i like that that's good okay cool let's compare this to the shining sure <laughs> years of being a killer had a major adverse effect on mrs lansbury's sanity but mixed with her stint as a ghostly apparition and the supernatural power she had gained and learned any sense of reasoning or understanding was long gone mrs lansbury sat on the hallway floor now just staring into space knocking one of her hands against the wall One of the guests, whose room was a part of that wall, opened the door to her room and looked around, puzzled. All she saw was the sight of Mr Hicks banging loudly on the wall. Excuse me, sir, the guest asked politely. Do you mind not knocking? It's getting quite late. Mrs Lansbury, in the possessed body of Mr Hicks, her eyes lit by the fire of Hades, flicked out her long, forked tongue and slowly turned to face the guests that had just spoken to her. Like the transformation is a bit more pronounced than it was with Levi. <laughs> Levi? Roots? Roots. Yeah, Mrs Lansbury definitely getting more demonic. Yeah. Yeah. Before the guest had a chance to have her life flash before her eyes, her entire chest had been caved in with one punch and her heart pushed through her back. Mrs Lansbury let the corpse fall to the floor, then stamped on it for good measure, causing blood and guts to splatter across the hallway. (laughs) Okay. I feel like she's not going to get away with this one. (laughs) Bit more noticeable. Isn't there a babysitter with Amy? Yes. Yes, okay, cool. Just just seeing where we are in the universe, you know. Her deranged smile and wicked laugh had now faded. The smile on the face of Mr Hicks was just that of a mild-mannered fan watching the Wimbledon tennis. <laughs> okay, just say unassuming haircut, it makes more sense. <laughs> Slowly, she slipped away, heading for the room the guests had just exited. 
now taking the appearance of the woman she had just murdered. Quickly, Mrs. Lansbury's form returned to that of Mr. Hicks. Ooh, so can she take the form of people that she kills? I don't know. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I guess sure, so. I guess that's what's happening. But she's gone back to Mr. Hicks quickly. And is there just a squished body in the hallway now? That is a good point. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, this is ramping up, isn't it? <laughs> there was a strange glow coming from one of the rooms in one of London's hospitals. It was a peculiar gold dust that began to rise high within the room. Gav, Terry and a now conscious and wheelchaired MC looked on as the giant demon Granach muttered a host of syllables that made no sense to human ears, standing over the huge cauldron that was filled with the soil cap's blood. How the fuck did they get all of this into a hospital? <laughs> We've completely skipped over, like, Gav and Terry explained to MC, like, oh, I mean, you're alive, but also the guy that stabbed you and nearly killed you, he's alright, actually. <laughs> The gold dust hovered over Louise as she continued to lay prone in her bed. Suddenly, her chest expanded like she was having a heart attack. Get the shockers. <laughs> Gav stood and went to rush forwards, but Granite held out his hand to indicate for him to stop. A black cloud started to peel away from Louise's very being and swirl around frantically. The gold cloud gradually formed around the blackness. And with one yell from the mouth of Granach, it consumed the black cloud and the room was plunged back into its natural light again. The explosion from the two clouds colliding had forced MC, Terry and Gav to look away. But as they were able to see again, their eyes were drawn to the hospital bed where Louise was now awake. Ooh. Oh my God! Gav ran towards Louise and threw his arms around her. Hey, she said wearily. Where am I? Hospital! Terry informed her, smiling. What happened? Louise clocked MC in his wheelchair. It's a long story. The ninja said. We'll tell you all about it. I... Ah! Louise screamed as she noticed a huge demon standing in the room. <laughs> Who's he? Spelt incorrectly. <laughs> a, a friend. MC replied. When he's not stabbing people in the gut. I once again apologise for that, my friend. I could perform a ceremony to take away the discomfort. I'll pass. Thanks all the same, Granach. The painters are reminded not to get so careless next time. Besides, it's healing all the time. You have no idea how much I've missed you! Gav said, kissing Louise. Funny, she said in reply. I feel like I've been with you all the time. They both smiled. Alas, as much as I'm revealing in this joy, the time has come for me to depart. I feel like he said that sarcastically. <laughs> after the thing about we're all they come from a hardcore world of demons who are yeah. all kind of dicks. He's just like, he's like, gay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was the nighters. <laughs> Granach turned to leave the room. I'll show you the way out. Terry said. Or say we give these two lovebirds a chance to catch up, MC. But, uh, but like, just show Granach to like the two big automatic doors at the front of the hospital we're like the taxi ranks over there mate i mean maybe maybe you were implying that he is gonna hide granach somehow or like clear the way or Get like him out of a big hospital 
<laughs> no one being like, why has he got a lead furnace? <laughs> or are they just leaving that? Is he going to return the lead furnace? Why did it have to be a lead furnace, MC? Why did we skip over the bit where they told MC about everything and how it was all okay and now he's just in a wheelchair and fine, but we don't need to see any of that, Ninja do we? healing. It's <sighs> the last episode, thank fuck. <laughs> I'm with you, Terry. MC stood from the wheelchair, gingerly holding his stomach, where he'd been stabbed just a few hours earlier. Besides, I want to get some more information on this spell, Granak, and just who might have stolen it from your world. But obviously it was Jay. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) I wonder why he was building that spaceship. (laughs) The three left the hospital room and walked onto the ward. As they headed towards the exit... They passed a group of trainee doctors who were standing around speaking about their nurse conquests when they paused and looked open-mouthed at the huge demon walking with MC and Terry. Okay, well, so... mm -hmm. We're not even going to try. It's just like... Even if Terry had a convenient spell where they could hide Granak or something, but nah, just fuck it. Don't worry. MC started to say before pausing. This is just Granak. He's a demon from another dimension. Yeah, just go for it. Why not? Sure. I guess... Don't really care at this point. No, they're 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 only trainees. They don't really know what's going on. No, I mean, not. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. They don't get told about demons until they've actually finished their (laughs) doctorate. The three walked on. Terry leaned into MC and whispered, What's the truth? The best option there, mate. Fuck else is he going to (laughs) say? Yeah, he's got a really horrible skin disease. (laughs) Did you have any handy excuses ready? Did you know it's rude to answer a question with a question? Is it? MC smiled. (laughs) Back in the hospital room, Gav had finished giving Louise the run-through of the past few weeks. How she'd become infected by the spell from the armour, the search for a cure, Granak battling MC, then Gav, and how it finally all concluded. Now Gav just laid next to Louise, clutching her in his arms. I'm glad Louise isn't dead. Yeah. You know, that's nice that they conveniently found the blood and a demon that could help. Yeah. That was nice, wasn't it? A demon came along to perform the spell. Why, though? Because he didn't want the damage from his world to damage this world. Yeah, but, like, narratively, what's the point? Because they would have done the spell themselves. Well, Granite didn't know that. Yeah, but also, like, in terms of moving the plot forward, I guess also... MC now know, and the gang now know that the the disease came from the another another dimension. Yes. And there's like more weird nefarious shit going on. But what makes this not make sense? Yeah, is that Inca told them about the soul cap blood mm. and said it would heal any mystical mm. ailments. Mm. But Granak has performed like a proper ceremony and stuff to get rid of the thing. Maybe Terry. Once he knew that he needed this particular type of blood, had a ritual for it or something. But I don't think so, because they just said, like, oh, the blood will heal. And they didn't even mention a lead furnace. <laughs> so I'm confused about, would they have just put the blood on her and nothing would have happened? <laughs> but then Inca knows everything. And it didn't say, by the way, you're going to need to perform a ceremony. You're going to need that lead furnace in that factory that makes lead furnaces for some reason. Maybe... Maybe Terry just knows that if you use demon blood, there's like a standard ceremony. But there wouldn't be an existing ceremony in this dimension for that condition because it's from another world. Yeah. (laughs) This is the thing that really doesn't make any sense. Uh, It's it's ending. It's fine. (laughs) I want page left. Less. 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 Just get out! Jay yelled, throwing his father out of his front door. 
Brian landed on his backside on the concrete. The people passing by stopped and gave Jay and Brian a strange look. Brian recovered and dusted himself off and looked at his son. Think about it, Jay. Do you really want to spend your days on your own with your money that won't last forever? Do you want to go snivelling back to your friends who shunned you? Or do you want to become someone and take your rightful place in this world besides me? I'm rebuilding my empire, Jay, and I want you to be a part of that. Brian's tone softened. Think about it, son. I'm offering you a job. Jay slammed his front door shut in anger, leaning against it once it was closed, a million thoughts going through his mind. Outside on the street, Brian could only smile. And that's the end of Pressure, part two. Oof, what do we think of that episode, MC? The last one. The last one. Yeah. I was going to say, that's the end of... You said that's the end of uh, episode... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's exactly what I said, yeah. yeah. But it is the end yeah. of the fucking proper Tomorrow Gason written last stuff. proper Tomorrow Gason. And to be honest, my lungs are kind of pleased about that right now. <laughs> I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> um... But, yeah, Louise is back. Yeah. Which is really great. We've kind of ended that little mini... Because the whole... We've said this it before. Dragged. <laughs> like, she was just in a hospital bed for a long time. It was MC by a better going, come on, for fuck's sake, it's been like four episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, 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 the whole season, we've said this before, it's been this weird kind of convenient thing of like, right, this, this little story arc is happening, which mm. means this little story arc can happen, but then it will resolve that one. And like, rather than being a whole coherent piece better or worse like you know some people might enjoy that kind of mm-hmm. difference in it some people might like the more traditional format of like here is the main bad guy how are they going to stop main bad guy I think though because chances are it was Grant Maloney who got the disease from the oh, dimension it definitely was yeah. so this does feed into the overall plot line I feel like there's a sort of a larger plot line behind the scenes that's been hinted at with the whole Grant Maloney as the villain yeah and that is going to be well, was going to be revealed later on and then yeah. it'll be like oh I see why you know when this happened that was to do with it when that happened that was to do with it yeah but I still feel like even in Chip it won't be kind of explained or maybe it will but like why Grant Maloney did this like it, it's hard yeah. to talk about because this is going to go out after the regular episodes of Chip yeah and then we've well then we've got the notes to go through so I'm actually not sure what order it's going to be in but basically we've done the rest of the Chip season so yeah. we know what happens there yeah um, but it's never Grant Maloney never says oh I went to another dimension and got this disease yeah but Chip does get hold of a cure that he sends back to London at the end huh. so I'm guessing that's going to turn up in this at some point right <laughs> Confusing. Yeah. So is so is the cure that Chip got the one Grant Maloney got from the other world? Did he steal the disease and the cure? I, I feel like a shrewd <laughs> businessman would get the cure as well. Yes. Just in case something goes wrong, ah. or to use it as extra pressure. Like if you do this for me, I'll give you the cure. Yeah. Maybe he was gonna black. Didn't he say? Didn't he say at some point that he wanted his own pet ninja? Yes. Maybe so he was gonna blackmail Chip. And maybe he thought he could also blackmail MC. Like, if, oh, if you oh. do evil stuff for me, then I will cure your friend. It's definitely not that, but I really want it to be, because that's a really good explanation. <laughs> um, I think definitely Chip, because I think it was said in that episode that he had a connection with Amy because he saved her life. Sure. Uh, helped to bring into her as well, sort of thing. So, you know, like, oh, I'll kill the baby if you don't join me. Nah. Uh, again, really confused about whether that happened or not, because we haven't recorded in weeks because we've been sick, <laughs> and we've maybe recorded ahead of when this is going out as well. So it's all fun and games, but it feels very much in keeping with Tamora Gason, doesn't it? Confusing. That's stupid. <laughs> 
But if we're just taking this episode alone, yeah. so yeah, we had the sort of twist ish sort of thing that Granak is actually a decent guy. Yeah, yeah. Demon. Yeah. Uh, Louise is back. Yeah. And hopefully back to full health now. And Jay. Jay had an encounter with his father. And he seemed to tell him to leave, but also... He's conflicted, isn't he? And yeah. Brian, at the end, is smiling at the end. He think, I mean, although obviously he's a dick, he's like, he is a good manipulator, you know? He's yeah. good at reading people and getting yeah. them to do what he wants. And Jay has been going through a very... Well, they've all been going through difficult times, but Jay, you know, abandoned by his friends. Yep. So, yeah, this could be it. He might be the sort of the... The, the damn breaking for Jay to yep. finally do some known crimes. Oh, shit. And we'll find out about that as uh, our next episode is going to be us finishing the season as we go through the notes, MC. Mm. Well, MC, mm. all that's left to say mm. is if you've been listening all this time, mm-hmm. you've all been through us with us all these years. Many years. Many years, many episodes. Heart highs and lows. <laughs> heartbreak and <laughs> joy. And if you didn't know... Mm. Well, I mean, if you don't know by now, then you probably just turn off for the end of every episode. But <laughs> <laughs> there are numerous ways in which you can get in touch. You can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash howiriptoffpodcast. Send us a tweet at Twitter at well, howiriptoff. Change, <laughs> change it now. Change it now. I've got a old new territory. <laughs> We're also on Twitter at howiriptoff. And you can find our entire back catalogue on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And if you want to give us a lead furnace... Uh, <laughs> Send us a message uh, in the form of a rating or review. We've been doing this a long fucking time. Yes. A real fucking long time. And Chip puts a lot of work into it. I don't, but he does. <laughs> so in recognition of his hard work, because it's a lot of faff to do all the editing and uploading and uh, all the, the, the things that he does. Faff. Yeah. It takes me hours to do all that. <laughs> faff. <laughs> It takes hours to make each episode of the podcast, and it would take you mere minutes to leave a rating or and review. And review. Don't don't cheap out. Don't just do a rating. Do a review as well. Come on, man. How is this turned into you laying into our audience? <laughs> Look, if you just get off your asses. <laughs> Seriously, it, we've been doing this a long time, and we would really, really appreciate a review. Um, yeah, come leave us five stars based on how glad you are that it's all over. 